Hi, I'm Tara. Welcome to Scratching the Surface, where we talk all things real. I'm excited to share my chats with like-minded people on all of my passions. Please subscribe and feel free to connect with me on my Instagram at Life Behind the Rainbow or on my Facebook page at We Rainbow Oils. I would love to hear your feedback, love and light to you all. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm here with Natasha Magella, the author of The Magical Merchants, The Great Escape. Uh, Natasha, I'm just so, so, so excited and proud, actually, of you, like, publishing a book, what, before you were even 30? Yeah, just after I was 30, but thank you. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so welcome natasha uh, do you want to just uh introduce yourself and tell the listeners a little bit about yourself um hi my name's natasha Magella. i'm living in sydney australia i've been here since 2018 and yeah i just published my first children's book which is very exciting the magical mercons Oh, so what I'm saying, merchants. Okay, yes, of yeah. course. Cause, no, because it's like the magical, the the mermaids, but leprechauns. Yeah, I know it's no, a, yeah, bit, a bit tricky, sense. isn't it? No, that's perfect. That makes sense. And this was, whenever I think I've seen it on your Instagram or maybe it was it's in the book, is at the back? Like, because you wrote this when it was lockdown over there and it was kind of for a bit of home. Yes, oh my gosh, it was like the second lockdown over here and there was like no end goal in sight of getting home to see my family and I was just like getting into like a really bad place. Like I think we had really done like a year and a half of lockdown then like over here the restrictions had eased a little and then they all came back and I was Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh, like when am I going to get see my family? (laughs) It was just getting like too much. So because I was like feeling so sad and down I was like I just need to do something to take my mind off this mm-hmm. um and then like every time I would see like my sister would post like a little photograph of like my wee niece and nephew and I said I'd be like honestly I would just start crying my eyes out for like no reason it, it got to the stage like somebody in like the Facebook group of like the Bally Castle Facebook group would up- upload a picture of fair head and I'd just be like bawling at like my screen <laughs> so um I'd I don't know how I came up with the idea like I honestly don't but I was like I wanted to do something that was just like to connect with my wee niece and nephew and like something like cheerful mm-hmm. so I was like okay a children's book um, I'm so interested tell us like how did you even go about starting and writing and you know how did you create this story with all these characters like it's yeah I'm just so interested <laughs> um the Toothy Joe character so obviously it's about the little magical mercons half leprechaun half mermaid and they try to get captured by Toothy Joe the naughty pirate and Avildra the wicked witch um so like the Toothy Joe character came quite easily because my dad used to always tell me like stories when I was a little girl about Toothy Joe the naughty pirate (laughs) so I was like okay I need to I need to include that (laughs) I guess that's what I wanted to ask like how did you even did they just come to you in the night like in your dreams like how how do you get this like class 
do you know what's so funny so like the, the wee main Mercon is called Mariella and I have no idea how that name came to me but it came to me and then I was like whenever I was going over I was like I was googling like I, I was like getting stressed out I was like I hope my dad didn't actually tell me story that was already to the Joe the Pirate like I hope he made that up but then I was like going through google like trying to make sure and then I was checking the names that like they weren't in any other of like the books and then when I googled Mariella it means queen of the sea I was like, what's the chances of that? Because that just came to me. <laughs> wow, I love that. And obviously that's, that was all meant to be then, I I think. Yeah, um, I thought that was funny. And then Avildra, I think I was going from the whole, like, um, 101 Dalmatians, like Cruella, like Cruel. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, evil witch, Avildra. <laughs> yeah, amazing. How, I, I want you to kind of take me right back to the very, like, very, very start, like, because at the minute I'm really, 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 I'm, I was just saying to Natasha before we actually started recording, I'm really, really wanting to do a, a book myself, but I'm actually, I'm terrified. Like, I don't know what the hell to do. I'm like, get overwhelmed when I start to type and write things out. You know, I, I obviously want it to be all the things I've learned and I've been doing for myself really since I've got diagnosed with cancer and whatever. But whenever I even just think about the different chapters now I'm like oh that's exhausting I can't no and I just don't do anything so like tell us like right from I suppose the very first inklings like so you said about your niece and nephews and like you it was a kind of a, a connection to home but where how do you start like wh- how did you get this end product you know from start to finish I, uh, I think like I've always been like the type of person if I, if I want to do something I'm like okay I'll do it so like I, I don't know I just sat off my laptop one day and started typing honest <laughs> and mm-hmm. like because I nannied like I nannied for like little kids and then I would like start telling them oh so that was actually too like every time like I nannied for like three little kids they were all under three so like every night to like get them out of the bath I was like okay Tootsie Joe story time come on like <laughs> chop, chop. Mm-hmm. and they used to love it um so then I think like from telling them stories too like I would write down like little pieces like here and there if it came to me like I, I would I would always carry like a little journal in my bag so Brilliant. like I'd always have like these little bits of writing like everywhere and then I just put them in my laptop and sat down one day and it just came together wow um, and then just kept revisiting it <laughs> for a couple of days um but I, I went really quick like my boyfriend was like what is going on like you said you're writing a children's book now you have like a man doing illustrations for you like what's going on like this was all in the space of like two weeks yeah um, I actually wanted to ask about that because it's so beautiful like literally I've got it here in front of me and uh p.s love that there's a rainbow in the front um yeah so I there's like this app called Fiverr and it's basically like you can get like freelancers all around the world um so you get to like look at how good they are like read the reviews and I found this man called Milan um and he was so nice and his drawings were amazing but mm-hmm. like because I had written and like I had I can't draw but I had drew all of the pictures and all of the scenes like how I wanted them to look mm-hmm. um so it was like really important for me like because I want a fair head in it like I want it like I want it everything the way I was envisioning it yeah um so when I talked to him he he was amazing and I actually couldn't believe it when I seen like the wee Mercons for the first time because mine were absolutely 
horrendous <laughs> but like I, I wanted the detail like I want it like the shamrock tail I want it like it was just yeah. the detail I wanted him to be able to make it good so like mm-hmm. Toothy Joe's wearing like a ballet castle shirt um mm-hmm. and like just That's like stuff weird. like that that I want to into it but yeah it was really easy to like just send him I sent him like all my really bad photographs and then like a few weeks later he comes back to me with um his draft and then if I like had any issues I he would just fix it up wow. um, but it, it was yeah it was amazing I, I wouldn't have done so well if he didn't do the illustrations like he's amazing at that so he like where even is he in the world oh he's in India so it's, it's really cute actually because English is um his second language like he's very good he's fluent but he's writing a book now and then um I'm like editing it for him so that um the English is okay. So it's kind of like we're helping each other out, which is cute. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, like you've got a friend now in India yeah. from this. Like I love that. Yeah, he oh. was like um a farmer and stuff too, and then he did the like the drawing. I was like, oh, it's amazing. Wow. And what's your thoughts on? rainbows because obviously there's a few well there's there's a rainbow right on the very front and then you know the the rainbow poos and all yeah. which I'm sure kids <laughs> absolutely just love that but is there like do you f- find them there's hope or it's just really positive like I just think they're just so positive is why I love them yeah. I think I love like the innocence like like the little things bring out in children like so obviously when a nanny like if a rainbow's there like the little kids like oh <gasps> rainbow it's like like that excitement over something like so like we we all take it for granted Um, oh here no 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 I'm like them children I swear literally I cry (laughs) tears now because I'm like this is like an actual wonder like it's actually a miracle it is a little mini miracle (laughs) oh I love that Um, so I think that's what and then because like the leprechauns with like the gold under the rainbow too I was like okay I'll make the murkons live under the rainbow like I don't know that came to me yeah so that's that's the rainbow story I don't know how the rainbow booze came about I was like I want to make it funny Um, yeah no that was so funny and I've actually seen like wee videos of which must melt your heart of people reading the story out to their kids and they're like chuckling away yeah oh I love that um and, and Annie for like a little bit too and like she went into her tent like I'd, I'd give her the book and then like I'd went back like a week later and the parents were like, like, she loves it. Like, she loves the book. We're, we're not doing any special promotion. Like, she just really loves the book. And she was, like, two and a half. And then, like, before her wee nap, we went up and, like, sat in a wee tent. And she was like, okay, I'm going to read Bear's story. Like, she could barely speak. Like, like she she was, like, a delayed speaker. Like, she could barely speak, like, six mm-hmm. months before. And then she took Bear, like, the wee Bear in and, like, took my book out. And, like, she literally read every single word on every single page correctly. Like she knew it off by heart, and like I just started crying. She was like, "What's wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> like amazing. Um, so I, it, it does make me like a wee bit emotional. It's cute. Of course. When, like the wee children enjoy it. <laughs> and like, how do you, how do you even feel? You know, overall, like, how do you not be so overwhelmed? Like, what the hell? I actually own a book that's out there for sale to the world. Like, how do you feel? <laughs> I feel good it just makes me like um I I really want to get my legal novel out so like I think 
with the children's book too it was good practice to see like how to like market it and how like what you need to do to kind of like get it to go places in Amazon um like it was kind of like a practice run too mm. um so like now I'm just feel like really motivated to like get my novel finished and then I, re- I really want to publish like a children's book every year wow. um I just I want to have 10 children's books by the time I'm 40 that's that's my Wow. you're so motivated like where do you get all this motivation from I don't know I think it's just you know, I, like with lockdown like with everything like I think and like with busy lives like we all do stuff like we're all working for other people we're all like you're just it's like constantly a rat race like you have to do something for yourself that makes you feel good and I kind of do that through books <laughs> wow I love that really love that so that's kind of one of your pastime hobbies like kind of get you get in the zone and like filter the world out and just really enjoy it yeah it's funny because like I used to always like binge watch tv and like now I can't like if I'm watching tv I do feel like guilty I'm like I'm I should be writing my book (laughs) and then that always like kind of forced me to do it Mm-hmm. no I know what you mean I'd be the same I used to watch a lot of series and enjoyed like watching films and all that and we hardly ever have the tv on now like we don't even have one down in the living room because I just do feel like I think especially because of me getting sick and whatever I just feel like there's too much to to learn in life there's too much creative things yeah. to be doing like now I prefer to sit and paint or draw or yeah like write out like random bits of stuff that come to me or whatever but um is there anything else kind of like creative then that you do to because you're obviously you Um, are far away from home so you don't have family around and whatever so to keep your mind busy not really like do you know what's funny before lockdown I would have said I'm like the least creative person you can imagine like I honestly like it's interesting you say you paint there like I like I, I was saying about my drawings like I can't, I can't draw to save my life um but I think like painting would be so therapeutic do you love it oh yeah it's so therapeutic like if I'm getting a bit of a sore head or if I start to feel a bit like stressed or overwhelmed I'm just like right and just go literally grab a notepad or sometimes down in the kitchen table at the minute there's a canvas I'm in the middle of doing one I'm kind of if I have an idea, especially if it's going to be for somebody just as a wee gift, I am not by any means a good artist. Like, I'm really not. I just enjoy it. So, yeah, so therapeutic. Yeah. See, especially if it is with a, t- a paintbrush. Oh, every wee stroke, you're just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> getting music on or something and just getting lost in it. It could be hours and hours and hours. And I'm like, oh, flip. It's like so late and I you know should already be in bed or whatever but I just get really into it and Stephen he he would paint as well we bet or like draw or whatever so the two of us will be sat there and it could be hours and hours and hours like oh, that's so nice I'm yeah. like that sounds like good quality time together <laughs> yeah, yeah no it really is but here we'll go back to um you were saying there about the so you're now doing another novel but you is you're saying about that's linked to your well it's legal so tell us a bit about your past then that's what you actually trained in isn't it yeah so I studied law at Liverpool Dummers uh, the best place to be (laughs) (laughs) when I think back to university life it was so good um and then when I came out to Australia I got a scholarship to go home 
to Belfast and do my master's at Queen's. Um, it was in human rights law. So like initially I was I wanted to be a lecturer in law. So I like I kind of had my like I never wanted to be a lawyer. So I, I was like, okay, I need to do my law degree, I need to do a master's and I need to do a PhD. So I got the scholarship for the master's. When I came home though, I struggled a lot because I missed Australia. Like I just I missed everything about it. Um, but I was like, okay, stay positive. And then when I finished the masters, I came back to Australia, did like the East Coast, like did traveling like in between. But then I got like a studentship, which is like a scholarship to do my PhD. Mm-hmm. So this um the whole way through like my like legal journey, we'll call it. Um, like I focused on like a topic which was like surrounding women in the law and like how they're perceived in like the legal system and like how sometimes like the media can like do stereotypes so Mm. um kind of like victim status so like if if we think about like rape and stuff like how it used to be back in the day it would be don't go out wearing short skirts like what was she wearing like do you know like the blame that attached to women Mm -hmm. so it was like very much down that route and then when I was when I was doing it like there there is like a big loophole in the law which I don't want to talk too much about because it's like the main part of my book um that they build up to when you read it um but the book is covering like all of the stuff that I've researched in depth for like five years and because there's like such a big like injustice in the law I wanted to write like a fiction version um to bring awareness to like the issue because it is Mm -hmm. one of these things that'll be splashed all over the newspaper mm-hmm. and the courts will treat women unfairly like they still do even in this mm-hmm. day and age so like it's kind of to bring awareness to that but mm-hmm. I got completely like um really far too into it so it's like very psychological now there's like a love story there it's so it's like a legal thriller with like a love story in the backdrop <laughs> wow. um, so yeah it's called the wheel of failure um, I'm like I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, and, and so how do you even go about that? Um, getting that out there, like that's what I'm because you're just I am so I'm like amazed, like honestly, because I just feel too scared or I'm like so nervous or I just whenever I think about it oh yeah right what why who do I think I am or like why do I think that anybody would want to read my book you know just on like what I've kind of went through and what you know but then you've actually yeah. just put yourself out there and you've just done it like oh I love it yeah, it, is, yeah. it is scary though it, like it's like I think I sent you this message when we were chatting on Instagram like it does feel like it's like your diary and you're letting people read it mm-hmm. so like I haven't let anyone read it yet like I am because I'm like a perfectionist as well I'm like I want it to be like like it's going to be their first opinion like I want I want it to be like perfect but you just have to do it like particularly for you like that would everybody would be so interested in that but I can see yours is so personal mine's fiction but like bits and bobs from my real life have obviously come into it like when like especially like characters emotions and like stuff like that so like you do feel like it's a little piece of you even though none of this stuff's happened to me 
that's that worried me as well because it's like it's really brutal like it comes with literally every trigger warning you can imagine so then I was like I did worry like what happens with people like think like that happened to me or um that type of thing and then you you always will get don't you you just have to be like you know what I think um do you know the way like caring about what other people think like I think I stopped caring a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like it's very easy when everybody knows, like when you're in a little small town and everybody knows your business. And like when you get a little bit older, like nobody cares. Everybody just mm-hmm. like if people actually care what you're doing and they're seeing the negative in it, in it, like that's more a reflection of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. So that's kind of my attitude going into it. But it's, I am still nervous for people to read. <laughs> <laughs> no like I totally get that like never in my wildest dreams would I have firstly ever made a podcast and secondly go on Instagram the way I do like years ago yeah. never ever ever but now as you say that bit older that bit more experienced and I suppose even people the way people work and are like people are have doing or they're dealing with their own shit like they don't really give care what you're doing and if they do like (laughs) hey what's wrong with them that they have so much time in their hands to be caring what we're doing so yeah Yeah. I think too like I'm like I think we're similar too like see if anybody's doing anything like 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 the likes of like my friends like opening businesses or like doing stuff like uh, like I'm like their biggest cheerleader I'm like well done like that's amazing so then you just assume like the like it would be very rare that you would get people actually like being negative about it like if do you know what I mean if you're positive mm. in everything you do like I, I find it hard to even think about people being that negative but obviously exactly. come. <laughs> yeah no exactly I, have you just had so much like amazing feedback from your wee children's book well uh, yeah it got to it got to number 13 on the bestsellers on Amazon so that <laughs> That was amazing. I was like so happy with that. I was like, please can we get it into the number 10? But that didn't happen. <laughs> I always um, want more. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I never expected that. Like I thought I would sell sell like 10 copies. Um, So it was so nice. Like actually like all my friends from like forever, like my friends from primary school, like all like my friends from Ballet Castle in Australia, like everybody bought it and like put up like a little post. And like that was so, so nice because especially because it's, like not by like a publisher it's like obviously organic reach that mm-hmm. makes you sell so like that was so nice and it wouldn't have done so well if, if people hadn't done that um mm. so that was so nice that was lovely that made me feel like so that made me feel so happy it was like oh it's kind of everyone yeah and it just actually shows how no matter you are like a million miles away but people still care about you and they like are like rooting for you like you say like cheerleading for you because yeah. they're like wow <laughs> like hardly anybody p- puts themselves out there like that like that's unreal oh love that and yeah, um, you were then there like you didn't even go through a publisher or whatever yet like because I actually right enough when you say that because I actually I've got the book in my hand, my hand here so you how do you go about that then that's unreal you know, this is like, I'm just so, I think I'm, what's the word? I have no patience. So like, if I want to do something, I just do it. Like, I didn't even try to find a publisher. I was like, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> um, I It was like easy enough. You just like, obviously you have to write it, get the illustration. And then like, you just upload it to like Amazon, 
KDP, I think it's called. Um, and then like they give you back the published book. The only thing is, it's not as good as quality if you were to get it from like a publisher, because I think they send all the books away to China and they come back and they're like pristine quality. But it was hard to like do that because I needed to advertise like an online link, so mm-hmm. it would have been a bit difficult, especially me being in Australia to sell it, like if I'd ordered like physical copies. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do you mean the quality? Because I I think it's like all the colors and all are unreal. Oh, the colors are good, but I I don't know. I just think like the it could be better. <laughs> mm, that's <laughs> probably that's you just maybe try because you're a perfectionist <laughs> yeah I, I think too because of like I because of nanny like I was reading children's books and then like even like the page quality I think it's just like a little bit thinner than like published books um <laughs> no. I know this is my problem like you see I'm always I'm always striving for better <laughs> <laughs> well it's not a bad thing and is it any wonder then you've got bloody masters in law like wow um <laughs> going back then um because I actually I'm just saying that the wee seahorse is you called it Sid is that your link to Sydney it is yeah (laughs) yeah love that (laughs) tell us all about life in Sydney oh life in Sydney oh my god that's amazing um I love it so much it's just like a different way of life like I feel bad saying this now because I haven't done it in a wee while but like normally everybody's up like five half five like down to the beach for like a coffee before work like going for swims after work like it's all it's all like very balanced like at home like especially to work like in law I would have had to have got like like drove to Belfast on our way or live in Belfast (laughs) I don't know and it was like the dark evenings the dark mornings like it just I think I'm just addicted to the sun over here but do you know what? In saying that, like we've had the worst weather this um this summer. Like, oh my goodness, it just rained constantly for like a month. You've probably seen all the bad flooding and stuff. Yeah. Um was it scary yeah. or it was just like annoying? It was, scary. it was scary for the people. Like we were lucky because it didn't affect us, like in the C B D, but oh my gosh, the poor people that are like up the coast a little bit, like everything was gone. Like, do you know like the McDonald's sign? Like like the big massive McDonald's, the big M. Like in a town, the water was up to the big M. Stop. Like just like complete towns washed away. It's insane. Whoa, what was um, happening to them now? Um, like there's just a big cleanup operation and then like so that happened and then like two weeks later the rain all came back and they all had to evacuate again. So I don't know. Very, very sad. Like imagine working all your life to buy a house and then that type of thing happens. And it's like never mind that, like some people died. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that was all very so that's only like over here's good, but then like the past few years hasn't been as good because there's been like the bush remember, like there was really bad bushfires. Mm. So even though like there wasn't like the physical fires like where I'm at, you would go out of your house and like the smoke would be everywhere. So like oh, you were just yeah. staying in. Yeah, that's yeah. warming for you, isn't it? Like it's I know, Australia it's is getting hit really bad with all the stuff. Yeah, but I think I like I love like the city life where you can, like you can just go and do what you want. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh my gosh, like um, I want to get a pair of rainbow Crocs. Like nobody cares. Like you can just go and dress how mm-hmm. you want, do what you want. 
like and then I, I love being able to like if you want food after 11 p.m it's on your doorstep <laughs> soon mm-hmm. <laughs> like I just compare it to Ballycastle like as much as I love Ballycastle like there's no 24-hour shop and stuff like I think I would like really struggle like just yeah. little small things like it's yeah. little small things but it feels like a big deal now <laughs> I know exactly and so that's mm. you you're over there you're set you have your wee dog and all I do he's lying sleeping here beside me he's so cute mm. no one's talking about <laughs> him <laughs> but yeah, why why did you or how did you end up in Australia to begin with um do you know what's so funny like when I graduated I was like, I'm going away for one year. I'm going to like live my best life and then I'm going to come back and get a job. <laughs> and then, we all think that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? And then well, especially like I was so excited to go to Thailand. So like my plan was go to Thailand and then go to Australia. Mm-hmm. But I never anticipated like how much I was going to love Australia. Like oh, I was yeah. kind of, I remember lying in bed one night being like, why am I going to Australia? I've got, like, I hardly know anybody there. Like, I don't even know where I'm going. And then when I got here, like, oh my God, I absolutely loved it. And it's hilarious as well because I had such a rough start when I got here. Um, so first of all, I went to Thailand and I was only meant to stay in Thailand for like four weeks. Mm-hmm. But as the trip went on, I was like, oh, sugar, like, I'd mixed up the dates and like I was actually staying in Thailand for like seven weeks and I was like my visa like you're not allowed to stay for longer than a certain period so I had to pay for like extra accommodation extra food like all of this stuff extra because I'd messed up the dates for my flight I was on my own yeah uh-huh. and then um then when I got to Australia I was supposed to stay with my friend so it was all worked out like I'm going to stay with my friend we get job and then I'm going to be on my feet. Now, I was very naive coming over to Australia. Like, I think I only had about, like, £1,200, which isn't much over, like, it's nothing. So that was to yeah. do me for, like, Thailand. No, when I got to Australia, I had £1,200, £600 um, naivety. I was like, okay, I'll get a job in the cafe. I'll get a job, like, down at the beach. Like, it'll be easy. Everybody gets a job. It's no problem. And you started imagining <laughs> you working in this beach cafe, don't you? Yeah. Yes, like, I, I had it all manifested. Like, my life was going to be great. But anyway, I arrived here and I was meant to stay with my friend and I was like lying on her sofa, like pure jet lagged. And there was like two, her housemate had two other friends that were going to the airport that night. So they had just moved out of their house. They had come over with their suitcases and they were in the house as well. And I'm not sure of the legality of this, like, but the landlord came in and seen like three extra people with their suitcases and like just threw my friends out. Like literally they had to move out like the next day. And obviously mm-hmm. I couldn't go with them because I just caused them to get basically three out of their house. Oh so I had to pay for like a hostel from the get-go. Me with hardly any money. I was like, okay, right, I need to get a job. And I was applying for like job after job after I was going to four job trials a day. And like because I had worked in like the little cafe at home for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. So like I didn't think it would be like any issue. Mm-hmm. And then but I didn't realize like Australia had such a big like coffee culture and like they're coffee snobs like let's be real <laughs> yeah so um, when I um when I went into like the little cafes they'd be like so how do you make a coffee and I was like I just press a button and the cappuccino comes out it's like we just sort of coffee machine where you press the button <laughs> oh. um and then I, I soon realized like okay right I need to 
I need to like act like I can make coffee. So I, yeah, I had to like... pay out of that money. I paid like another four hundred dollars to go and do a barista course because they were all like taking the piss out of me. They were like, "Have you ever worked in a cafe before?" Like being really rude. And I was working for free, like all these shifts, and then they weren't getting paid. I wasn't getting paid, and then I wasn't getting the job either. So I paid to do like this barista course, and then or go to, going for the interviews. They were like, "Okay, so how long have you been making have been a barista?" And I was like, "I've just on the course. Like I've just found it so hard to lie." And then they still wouldn't give me a job, and like, oh my god, it was like turning into a complete not a nightmare. I was going into like the Woolworths and buying like a sandwich. I'd been sitting there for like three days, like for a dollar. Like, like if, if you bought food like people would eat it in the hostel and like I was just like oh my gosh that was a nightmare yeah, like, so I finished like, my dream what's going on I know I actually was but you know what's hilarious like everybody was like just go home just go home and I was like nah nah not go home so mm. my friend that I'd met in Thailand had been up in Sydney and she was driving back to Melbourne and I was like I'm coming with you so I just went to Melbourne <laughs> and then that's when like I got like my nanny job Class. I just literally got settled in the nannying job and then I got offered the scholarship to go home to Belfast and I was like mm. oh my goodness um so I always had like I, I had a terrible it was terrible but it was great <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I look back was, now and laugh like, yeah oh you God. had crazy experience like a negative kind of but you knew yeah. that country was magical or something hi I don't know like how I loved it if I did <laughs> um <laughs> That was a bit like my time in Canada, to be fair, because I had a freaking nightmare like the whole time with same thing. You had to get have certain things to get work and you had to have certain certificates and training and whatever. And I was like, right, seriously, I have no money left here. Like I I can't stick this out any longer. But then it would like start to come good, come good. And then something else happens and you're like, oh, but you just love <laughs> you just feel a draw to it or whatever. Yeah, I I think so. I I just I knew then that I always wanted to live here. I think mm-hmm. when when I was at home, like a song would come on that would like remind me of being here, and like I would just ring my stepdaddy and like cry and be like, "Why did I come home?" <laughs> and so, have you done much traveling around Australia? Um, I did the East Coast, and then I lived in Melbourne. But I, ha- oh, I went into Tasmania last year for a week. That was amazing. Oh my god, have you it been to Tasmania? No, that's one. You know, the places I haven't been is Tasmania and through the middle. You know, like Alice Springs and Uluru. You know, I haven't done that yeah, just yet. I haven't been in the middle. I went to Adelaide last year as well. I loved it. Um, mm. I think Adelaide so um underrated. It was so good. Yeah. I had the best time. And the people just absolutely lovely, like really fun and dead on. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, You'll have to get up to the Northern Territory as well. It's unbelievable. Sure, I ended up up there. I mean, I went up just to do my farm work for three months and I stayed for five months. Oh, really? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Isn't the Northern Territory? Does it have crocodiles? Yes. Crocs oh, and no, I don't I don't know about that. Is that the one that like you can't go to certain beaches because the crocodiles like run the run oh, the roof? I mean, <laughs> yes, you wouldn't. Yeah, I say you wouldn't go in the beach in the the sea at all. But if you there's loads and loads of natural hot springs. Yeah. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. I know. I need to actually plan something for this year because I haven't anything planned. I think you... now I have my wee puppy I'm like I don't want to I don't want to get on an airplane I want to just go places I can take him 
<laughs> I know exactly. Just get a big camper van and just go off with with him. Yeah. Um. Oh my God, but you you've actually done a lot of traveling as well, haven't you? Like um, in between your studies and whatever. Yeah. So when I stopped, so I was doing like um that PhD in Queens in Belfast, and oh my gosh, like I hated it. Like it was terrible. Like I was just going. I was just by myself constantly. So like I'd go into the office. No, like it was a big office, but nobody else would come in, and like I would just be eating lunch by myself. Like, and because I'm so like I love like I love being with other people. Like, I don't know. Like I I've just went into like a shell. Yeah. Um, and then I think I just took a head stagger and was like, I'm going traveling. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I, my mom was fuming because it was like November, and I was like, oh, I'm I just need to leave. Like, I'm going to Australia. I'm going to Hawaii, I'm going to New Zealand, and I'm like, I'm going to Bali. Like, I just, like, took all of my savings and just up and left, like, literally within, like, two weeks. The best thing I ever did. Like, it was amazing. Um, And because I had, like, travelled so much before, um, because I was always travelling, like, during the summer holidays at uni and all the rest, like, every country I went to, like, even though I was by myself, um, like, I met up with somebody that I'd met before. Yeah. So like in in Hawaii it was hilarious. Like um I had met like this little Japanese man. He was just called JB. Um when I was in Thailand and then when I went to Hawaii I met up with him and his girlfriend and it was like it was so so nice like being able to yeah. like see people like because you just always assume you're never going to see them again, don't you? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I love that. But especially if you know where they are or if you you just kind of give them a message and they're like oh yeah great like come it's just like I'm so lucky wow I know yeah so I'm so glad I did that too do you know with like the whole pandemic I'm like thank god because like I was that was it I was going to do a PhD I was going to buy a nice car I was going to buy a nice house and then like then you wouldn't have had like the opportunity to Mm -hmm. like for two years to even go anywhere so all happened I really believe that Dude. you know you were saying there about your mom was human well like they just don't get it sure they don't like my parents are the same as soon as I gathered up I'm sure you know like I'm the same I've been back and forward and back and forward around the world a few times and stuff yeah. um, <laughs> but it was I would go home or I would settle somewhere for a bit and work 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 and then I was only working to fund my next trips and that's the same thing yeah <laughs> Yeah, but they don't get that. They're like, "What? Why don't you put that into something useful?" And you're just blowing your money. And I'm like, to me, it's not blowing it. Like I'm having the best time. I'm making memories. I'm having all these experiences that's opening my mind. Like it's not blowing money to me. Guy, it's like it's the best quality investment. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, my mom, she, she didn't get it at all. Like I, I think one of the times I went home and. I was like, I'd got like a wee job in the nursing home and my mum my, my just was like, I'm just so confused. You go to university, you do all this hard work, you do all this stuff and then like, like, are you going to stay in this nursing home? I was like, no, I'm just saving. Like, I'm saving. <laughs> like, uh, like, I mean, like, I was like, it's good money. I can work like, because there was like, they were short staff. So like, I could do as many 12 hour shifts as I wanted. So I was like, it's fine. Um, I I think that was good too. Actually, it's it's good for your work ethic, isn't it? <laughs> when you're motivated, <laughs> absolutely. And are you playing camogie over there then in Sydney? 
oh no I haven't played Camogie in a lifetime um I have like I have six and I'll go and like hit about some month like all my friends like they all still do um but it's true if you like if you get a broken hand or like you damage yourself over here like it's the, like, the cost of living is so extreme like if you're not able to work you'd have to go home do you know what I mean <laughs> I'm like if I'm not taking that risk thanks I'm right enough gosh I never really thought that do you know why I actually joined the Camogie team over in Vancouver Oh, had you? Did you uh, like it? Oh, yeah. The girls were all so lovely. Like, it was Aving Gormley. She oh, got Aving, me. Uh... Then, sure, the pandemic hit and I came home and got my diagnosis anyway. So it was very short-lived. Same as whenever the time I went down to Bally Castle. And then I was like, oh, no, I can't do this. I'm too embarrassed. <laughs> do you yeah. remember that? <laughs> no, I oh, know I can't. Did you come to the cook the camogie training? Yeah, I was at training and then literally I actually remember I I obviously you know you do the wee training or the wee games just in your training and I got a point and all these girls were so lovely to me like oh my god Tara like please like make sure you come back and all and I was just like oh I can't cope with this like I just I'm really <laughs> yeah I just couldn't imagine going on actually for a game and people watching me <laughs> but maybe you know, now, actually, you know now yeah. that I don't give a shit maybe I would. Yeah. Do you know what was so funny? So, like, what I played, obviously, when I was younger, and I had, like, absolutely no fear when I was younger, like, and then when I went back, when I was, like, older, like, maybe, like, I think I was like, 18 or something, I was like, okay, I'll just like, give this a go again. Yeah. I was so scared. I was like, oh, my God, this is so rough. Like, mm. and then I remember, like, I loved doing, like, all, like, the little drills and stuff, but as soon as it came to, like, a match, I was like, she's going to stand on me for football, but, like, I was, like, pure petrified. So, my personality changed. I tur- turned into like a big pussycat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about whenever you are like um traveling about and stuff? Do you would you be up for trying everything, or are you not? Do you feel now you're a bit like okay, no, a bit I, more mood. Do you know what? Like I look back at some of the things I've done, and I'm like, you're so stupid. Like that was so silly. Like if like feeding a tiger in Thailand. Like we'll not get into the ethics, but. Like it was roaring and stuff, and it wasn't one of them ones that was like sedated. This mm. was like full scale, like mad wild animal. I'm what like, is... why did I do that? Like, what what was going through my head? So no, I'm a bit like I wouldn't do skydiving or anything now. Like I'm I'm, I'm, the same. I'm very aware of the risks now. <laughs> exactly the same. Um, do you think that some of your travels or past experiences, and maybe it being some of your future books then like or even places you've been you know because you're saying you were in Thailand and everything that could be a good yeah. setting for a book uh, that could you know, be a very book. good setting for a book actually the stuff that's <laughs> <laughs> um hey but it's interesting like even um like I was adding like a different piece to my book um yesterday and it was it was like just something I had heard randomly on like one of these like shows I was watching it was like a mental health condition and then I was like involved in it in my book and I was like oh my god like everything leads you to like I was like did everything happen for this moment <laughs> do you know what I mean like I always think everything happens for a reason because I was like watching this really random show and then now I've included like wow. that part of, like that type of thing again like, part of my book um but I, I don't yeah. know like I've and thought like in this book the the legal novel like it's it's just set in like a fictional state in Northern Ireland so like the characters mm-hmm. are Northern Irish but then it's also set in Liverpool and that's obviously I spent my whole life there <laughs> it is funny even 
when I'm writing the book, like trying to think back to Liverpool and like the street names and like stuff yeah. like that. Yes. Um, Do you know I'm going to go visiting a friend over there now in a few weeks? Oh, very nice. Excited. Yeah, because I haven't been myself in years and years. And I feel like it might be quite, I know this might sound silly, but it might be quite mm, emotional. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, like kind of down memory lane. And I was an absolute wreck. Like when I was there, I was borderline (laughs) alcoholic, to be honest. So it might be really nice going to like, whoa, like this was, I was so young and silly and stupid. And wow, you know, it might be really, it could be emotional, actually. Yeah. I think I'd get emotional even going back. I'm like, oh, but I just, I loved, I feel like I grew so much there. It sounds like exactly. so happy today. No, but I'm so shy. Like before I went to university, like I remember like Mrs. Donnelly, the PE teacher sent me to buy like oranges for a netball match. And like, I literally rang my mum and was like, I cannot buy oranges. I was like, what if I buy the wrong ones? Like, you need to come here. <laughs> <laughs> and my mum, my, my like, drove down in her little car and, like, went and bought me the oranges. I was like, this needs to stop. You need to start paying for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, I was such a, like, strange child. Like, I was so, like, I was so shy and so, like, I was, I've always had, like, this fear of embarrassment, which is hilarious now, considering I'm, like, putting out a public book but like I, I love this though this is like a story I, of overcoming and growing yeah. <laughs> I so I was always like really really scared of embarrassment I think because you are in Ballycastle like if you do something everybody knows like um mm. so I've always had like this fear and then when I went to Liverpool like obviously I had to pay for stuff myself and then it was kind of like the city life of live your best life but it, like I, I feel like I did grow so much there exactly and do you feel now that you're away far far away like do you miss home a lot or how I are do. you I'm like I just want to give like my family a hug it makes me so sad I, tr- I just try not to dwell on it and then this kills my mom as well she's like do you even miss home I'm like of course I miss home just because I'm not talking about it every day <laughs> yeah, um like I do I really just can't wait to go back and like have a wee holiday yeah soon someday but Hi. it's sad especially like too like when you're on FaceTime to people and like you notice everybody's getting like a wee bit older looking like my mm-hmm. even my wee nephew like I haven't met him yet he's like three I've never met him so sad oh yeah right enough so do you think you'll get home maybe in the next year then or hope so I hope like next year at some stage um mm-hmm. now I have a puppy though I need to, I want to wait until he's a wee bit older <laughs> yeah yes and take him with you like Oh no, I don't think I could take him with me. I think because oh, right. they do like um once you come back here, like your dog has to quarantine for like six weeks or something. Oh, um, right. I think it's just been hard on them. Um, but my friend is a very good uh, puppy sitter, so she'll look after him. <laughs> yeah. So I think we've covered lots and lots there, um, Natasha. What about just to end, um, in the whole process of from start to finish of writing your book what was kind of the highs and lows you know for people that are maybe you're maybe inspiring uh, me uh, what could I <laughs> expect like what's what's the ups and downs really okay let me have a rethink because it's, it's hard when it's like because I've got like the two different books I know true right I'd, enough I'd say like the high the highs is definitely when you have 
like a chapter or like even like the children's book like when you have the finished product it's like oh my god did I do that (laughs) um and then like even with like the legal novel when like I read some of the chapters back I'm like oh my god like like I can't even like it feels like somebody else wrote it um type of thing so like it is nice to see like you've created something like that's definitely Mm -hmm. like it gives you like really good like self self self-fulfillment um the lowest is probably like I think you go through a a period of self-doubt like you could have read the book and then you're like will people like it like what will people think and then like it's especially too with like the legal novel um because it's got so much like so much trigger warnings and like the press and stuff in it I'm like it, it does worry me what like although you don't want to think about other people's opinion and whether they'll enjoy the book it's like the self-doubt of what if other people don't enjoy it but oh I think people love reading that shit though like you know people love <laughs> reading about things that it, they can't even imagine happening to themselves or whatever it's like oh, so yeah. shocking that they get enthralled with it yeah well hopefully that's the plan but I think it is you just go through like that little period of self-doubt and then you come out the other side so then that's also a high (laughs) because you're overcoming barriers (laughs) like I was saying I just I I have all these ideas and I want to start writing myself and then I get that self-doubt it's so bad and I'm like who do I think I am so yeah wow I just want to say again like I am so proud of you I'm like amazed by you totally oh, I'm, so I'm like I feel like I'm so proud of you mate you're overcoming everything <laughs> and I think you'll write your book too this use this as motivation <laughs> yeah I know I will thanks so much I'm like buzzing after like hearing all this you're making me so inspired <laughs> and feel like right that's it I am gonna start my book I mean I do have wee bits already but, but... <laughs> good girl I'm, I'm delighted with this good girl well, here, thank you so, so much for coming on and chatting to me. Like, that was so lovely. Um, is there, do you just want to tell listeners, like, where they can find your books, where they can find you? Yep. Um, so, I'm Natasha Magella on Instagram, and then, like, my books on Amazon, The Magical Mercons, and then the legal fiction book will be on Amazon as well. Um, Woohoo! It's called The Wheel of Failure wheel of failure okay cannot wait for that to come out yeah. <laughs> okay well thank you so so thank much thank you so much yeah, you um, take care <laughs>